There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk. The Go Radio Business Show with Sir Tom Hunter. Scotland is an amazing place where if you need a wee bit of help and you ask somebody, nine times out of ten, it's yes. And Lord Willie Hockey. This is a, a global you know, phenomenon that's happening at the moment. And it's obviously, we're seeing how it's affecting us here. But I think if entrepreneurs talk to entrepreneurs, it might take a wee bit of the weight off. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Willie. Morning. Well, what a week it's been for you. Your man is back <laughs> in charge. Oh, dishy rishy. Ah, right. So just from the outset, I knew you were going to say this. I have never met Dishy Rishi. <laughs> I don't know him, but I do like him, Willie. I do. <laughs> well, I've got to say the thing I love about him is that film clip that they've got when he was talking when he was young where he nearly admitted to having poor friends. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to backtrack. So, uh, yeah, I, that, that, that'll be played, I'm sure, many, many times over the next few weeks. But hopefully, on the series point, that... Um, know that we've now got some serious people running the place, you know. Yes, I think, listen, MD coming in, I mean, you and, you and I have talked about this, MD coming in, why would MD want to do the job? But thank goodness somebody's sensible. Our, our youngest ever Prime Minister, I believe, and yes. First Minister of Indian descent. So, listen, I would like to give him a chance. I know you want a general election. I'm, I'm saying... Let's give him a chance. Let's see where we get to. Because his entry, you know, all the entrepreneurs and business folks listening to the show this morning will be thinking, goodness, I've got a few problems piled up. But but his problems are quite big. Well, I've been I've been trying to get to the bottom of it. So they reckon there's about a forty billion pound hole in our public finances. But I'd just like to remind everybody. Why we're in that state? We're in that state, and a big reason is because of the COVID pandemic. And Rishi Sunak did come up with furlough, and that did help hundreds of thousands of businesses in the UK and in Scotland to get through the pandemic. There was also loans to businesses, which which helped, I would say, and we came up with the vaccines. Therefore, there isn't this magic money tree. We say it every week. Um, somebody's got to pay that back. And the only folks that pay it back are you and me and the taxpayers. That's it. So, I think you're right about that. But I think the one thing that we can't you know, ignore is is that the, the mess that they, they made of the monetary and the fiscal policy in the last two weeks, uh, you were right about the deficit. But what, what has happened to people, especially their mortgages, over the last few weeks because of the, you know, trussonomics, I think, you know, it's, it's unforgivable. Yeah. So I think that, that you know, that for, the, for, for the listeners, yes, the deficit is a huge part to do with COVID and all the things that, had, which we applauded, but some of the mistakes of the last few weeks, you know, that now that they're going to have to rectify, you know, is, is frightening. I, I don't have an answer, nor a defence for Liz Truss, Willie. Yeah, I thought... <laughs> I, I, I just don't. No. Um, one thing I would say is um, because, and it started with Jeremy Hunt and now with Rishi Sunak, the markets are seeing kind of grown-ups in charge. Yeah. And the reason I, I do like Rishi Sunak is he's, he's got some real-life business experience. He used to work for a friend of mine in a hedge fund in London. So he understands how the world of finance works. So they reckon that government borrowing costs, so the government needs to borrow money. Only us can pay it back, right enough. But the government borrowed money and they reckon now that the market sees somebody sensible in charge, that could save about £10 billion over 
the lifetime of that borrowing, which is incredible, incredible stuff. And he's moved the financial update. Um, they're calling it the autumn fiscal plan to November the 17th, which I think is a good thing. It, it gives Rishi Sunak a chance to get his feet under the, the desk to work with Jeremy Hunt and it allows the OBR, the Office for Budget Responsibility, to actually cost. Now, they're independent of government and they should be costing out the plans. But I'm afraid there's not too much good news. I think taxes are going to rise and I think spending's going to come down, Willie. What do you think? Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and there's going to be cuts. But again, it's been proven austerity is never a way of getting you out of a mess. And, you know, on Jeremy Hunt, you know, the positives and the negatives about Jeremy Hunt are, one, I was delighted on his opening speech in Parliament where he says, I've waited all my life to say this as Chancellor and I used to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> right, so that's that's a positive. Right. Okay. What the negative is is, I remember when Jeremy Hunt was the culture and media minister, and he was to make the biggest decision ever, I think, ever made by the government, and it was to whether that Rupert Murdoch was to get taken over the rest of Sky. Right. And the and the decision was to be made two weeks hence from him standing outside the Royal Albert Hall waiting to get into a concert. This is Jeremy Hunt. We had dinner suit uh -huh. on. And a car drove up, and he seen the car, and the the car went about 20 feet beyond him, and he ran across to open the door for whoever's going at the car, and it was Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I wonder how that decision's going to go, right? Uh, but fortunately enough, that decision didn't have to be made, obviously, what happened after the, the tapping scandal. So I would I would say for the country needs this to be a success. I just hope that um, they were not putting the, the new budget back from Halloween and actually going to announce it in April Fool's Day. So I'm delighted it's going to be on the 17th of November. So so let me ask you this, Willie. Um, just this week, we saw the profits that Shell, the big um, energy company, is making. So in the last quarter, right, so the last 12 weeks, Shell has made... $9.5 billion of profit. So that's double what it was last This year. time last year, yeah. So what do you think about a windfall tax on these big energy companies? 100%. 100%. So, so you're for it? Yeah, because there's no way that, you know, that I've seen, I read the narrative about why they've made all this money, which is, you know, part of it will be true, but the big part of it is because they've been allowed to put prices up. Yeah. Right, and they've done that, they've used it. So, you know, bad news, they stick with prices up again, and there's no way that you should be allowed to make that sort of money at, at a time when everyone is struggling to pay their energy bills. I would be all for a windfall tax. Yeah, I'm not usually for windfall taxes, um, but I must say... I'm, I'm struggling to understand the other side of that argument, yeah. which says, no, 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 we're not going to do it because it's not it's it's not through any great management of that company that they're making $9.5 billion in 12 Correct. weeks, Willie. Yeah, and, and Tom, that's a really good point. So it's dead simple how we get to the level of the tax. Ask them, they're a PLC. So me and you know that they were way, way beyond, before this year they had sat down. They did a forecast, they did a budget, and I'll guarantee you before what's happened here that they were no way did they show they were going to make that sort of money in that period. So it may have been 10% up, it was never 100% up. Yeah. Right? You would get the sack if you delivered a forecast like that to a board. So, I mean, Rishi Sunak is on record now, Willie, is saying that he's not going to hit the vulnerable, which pleases both of us. Um, let's just see if his actions and his words match each other. We've got to wait to the 17th of November, but there we go. Well, we've been ahead of the game, right, for the past 18 months. <laughs> and I would say to you, I would also say to you, I think Liz Truss saved Andrew Bailey because if she right. wouldn't have done what she done, the Bank of England would have been under so much pressure for their lack of action in the past 12 months. 
So actually she took the rap and he had right behind it, blamed her for everything. Suddenly they were talking last week maybe about 100 BPS. Right. Yep. So now they're backtracking on that, maybe 70 point, you know, it might be 75 or it might be 50, whatever. But if Liz Trust did not do what she'd done there four weeks ago, Andrew Bailey would have had big, and the Bank of England would have had big, big questions to answer. So I was going to ask you, so obviously inflation is still rampant in the economy. It's yep. over 10%. And you were the first to bring that to light. Um, so... One of the ways of trying to control inflation is to put up interest rates. So that so interest rates were always going to go up, Willie. Yeah. But, you know, pertinent to the listeners today, the people running their businesses, trying their best, do you think interest rates are still going to go up as high as you feared? Or do you think something's going to taper them a wee bit? Well, you've seen this week that things have steadied a wee bit, you know, the... the cost of gilts has went down in bonds. There's a bit of stability. The pound is a bit stronger against the dollar and the euro. Um, my big worry is, but even when all the dust settles, some of the, the levers that, that, that Rishi has got to, to um, you know, pull, I think that'll help, but I still think there's a good chance that interest rates will hover above five and six for the next two years, if not longer. Right. Okay. I'm. I'm probably. And that's even when inflation at the moment is told could be heading towards thirteen percent. Yeah. I'm. I'm probably more optimistic than you. I. I think it's. It's. It's going to come down. But listen, we are guessing here. Um. We don't know. And interest rates really do affect business, and they really do affect homeowners with a mortgage, etc. The other thing that you and I talk about a lot, um, is unemployment, and um. The unemployment figure is at a 48-year low and the amount of vacancies in the UK economy is at an all-time high. What do you what do you think's going on, Willie? Well, this doesn't stack up. There's only one thing that we could say is the reason for this, and that is Brexit. Yeah. Uh, there must have been many more, you know, people from Europe working in the UK who all left. It's the only explanation. But what I would say, that number will not remain at that in the next few months. Yeah, no. so I, I, I've been looking into this because you and I talked about it right at the beginning of the Doesn't pandemic. Doesn't make sense. We were both really worried about unemployment because that, that really is bad when people lose their jobs. But when I've, when I've looked into it, Willie, um, yes, the unemployment figure is 3.5%, but... The inactivity rate, now this was something I'd never even heard of. This is the proportion of the working age people who are not in work through either a health issue, through either, you know, long-term COVID or actually leaving the the workforce. And that is at an all-time high. There's 21.7% of the of the working age population who are who are just not available for work. So Brexit is there. You know, 300,000 people went out the hospitality sector in Brexit. Um, the over 50s are deciding, look, I'm just not going to work anymore. I've, I've, I've made it. I've got a pension and, you know, I'm just not going to do those tasks anymore. So I think that's something which the government need to dig into to say, right, come on here. We're losing skills from the workforce, and are we the sick person of Europe here? Because I think our inactivity rate is higher than most other European nations. I, I agree, 100%. And, and there's no doubt the next thing that will dominate the shows over the next few weeks will be about housing right, and potentially a housing crash, and, and it will be unemployment. I think the next thing we'll be talking about, again, for another exclusive... I think that the triple lock on pension is in a perilous position. I don't think he can back that up. Yeah. Well, you know, this is this is all about Willie. It's not so much the politician here. He he makes a decision, but it's can the country afford it? I mean, that's the bottom line. Well, the, I bo don't, the bottom I line at the moment is they can't. They can't, yeah. but it was them that made the promise. It's in their manifesto. Yeah. So 
I've been reading quite a lot because we've got our big um, housing development um, at Winchborough, just by Edinburgh, yeah. 4,000 new homes, and um, things have been going well there. And I'm thinking, goodness, is there a market crash coming, etc.? So I don't think a crash is happening because um, the, the UK... And, and Scotland needs new homes. We've talked about it before. It needs rented homes. And I hope you're getting your head round Patrick Harvey and you don't hate him as much as you did the past couple of weeks. My head on Patrick Harvey, I think I need... <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking, Patrick. Uh, so I think um, one of the key things about selling new homes is the affordability of the mortgages. And of course, if mortgage rates go up, demand comes down. That's just simple yeah. economics. So, so Tom, so, I don't want to frighten you. Right, but let me give you a wee story that I heard this week. Which you're going to frighten me again while it's I am. Halloween yet. I am. I'm going to frighten you. This week, um, I won't mention the builder, but a very reputable developer and builder this week um, told me that they generally have been selling out sites in the last few years that 70% would be pre-sold. Uh, on a site where they had 70% of the houses pre-sold, not one of the people are following through with the purchase. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not hearing as bad as that, Willie. Yep. Um, so you're that's, be that's because you're building half a million pound houses. <laughs> well, I don't actually build the houses, I sell the land. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, yes, there'll be a slowdown. Yes, um, the affordability of getting mortgages is going to be difficult, but we will get through it. And then we need to get back on, and I would really encourage you to get back on because Scotland needs these homes that you were going to build. So mm. let me let me try and lighten the mood again. I've been watching the Elon Musk show. And, uh, Tom, if you've been watching that, how can you lighten the mood? <laughs> <laughs> I love Elon Musk. I must oh. say, everybody thinks, oh, this or that. But... It looks as if he's going to go ahead and buy Twitter. There's a picture of him this week walking in to Twitter's that. headquarters with a kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, and I think everybody in Twitter has seen him come in and had that sinking feeling. Yes, well, <laughs> so, and he's taken on, and this is what he's calling himself, he's calling himself the chief twit. <laughs> yes. So it shows he's got a, a sense of humour. Willie, but I think every entrepreneur should watch that because it shows about resilience. It shows how he thinks differently. It shows that he was up against it and he and he came through. And I, I, I must say, when I watch these programmes, I'm uplifted that somebody thinks in those sorts of ways. We have mentioned them a few times over the past year and there is no doubt that he is a flawed genius. And, and, and to be fair to him, I don't think there's ever been an entrepreneur who's, in many occasions, put everything on the line. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's amazing to read that he's the richest guy in the world and he doesn't own a house. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could sell him one. But I thought it was interesting, Tom, when they, when they tracked down his dad and they interviewed his dad and the first line was how he got off with a triple murder when people broke into his house. I mean... They're obviously very different people. Yeah. So another good bit of news, Willie, this week is Evelyn, who runs Scottish Edge. I've known Evelyn a long time. Evelyn was recognised by the First Minister this week and got a Lifetime Achievement Award from Women in Business. And she is one of only two women to be recognised in this way over the last 10 years. I worked with Evelyn at the Prince's Scottish Youth Business Trust. Obviously, she's the chief exec of Scottish Edge, doing a marvellous job there with Stephen and the rest of the team. And um, I just want to say, well done. Congratulations to Evelyn. And maybe now we could use Evelyn as a conduit to have a wee chat with the First Minister to see if the First Minister would come and talk to me and you about the housing crisis and how maybe we can help with it. Well, I'm up for that. So let's yep. get Evelyn on the phone to the First Minister. She doesn't accept my calls anymore. But anyway, um, you you might have better. I will um, try. I will try. And, and, and listen, every week I've been saying to you, I don't allow people to come into my office and just moan at me. They've got to come up with a solution. So we've been having Willie and Tom's tips 
for getting through these tough times. And just to remind everybody, it's if you're a business out there and you're striving, um, so get on top of your cash flow, number one in my book. You're all about the, the leader being out there, leading from the front, inspiring the organisation. I'm all about share, find another entrepreneur, find another business person. There's lots of good organisations showing that Entrepreneurial Scotland, Evelyn, um, Scottish Edge, etc. Just go out and share your concerns because what you'll find is everybody else is out there with challenges as well. Have we got anything else this week, Willie? Well, we, we mentioned about find a buddy. No, get a yep. and somebody else who, who's running a business who may be going through the same problems that you're going through and share them and help each other because you will not believe how much that helps. Don't keep it to yourself. Yeah. Right? Find someone you can trust that's an ear that may be able to give you a bit of advice. And what we've said is that's the tips and what we're going to try and do is there's no good us coming on every week and moaning and we are serious about trying to get involved to talk to politicians in Scotland to see how we can help. Yeah, and... Just to leave this segment on a wee high note, we are running um, Scale Up Scotland 2.0. So this is looking for the businesses out there, the entrepreneurs who are really scaling their business, trying to get to over 100 million turnover. And we've been, Ewan and the team, Ken Whip, have been holding interviews this week. And I must tell you, there's some brilliant businesses. We're doing this with the Scottish National Investment Bank and when I hear the feedback from that, I think good on them and it's not all doom and gloom, Willie. No, definitely not. No, it won't all be doom and gloom on this show, never. So if you're out there and we can help in any way, let us know and um, let's let's keep positive. Coming next, Hunter and Hockey chat to Becky Woodhouse, CEO of Pure Spa and Beauty. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Helping you with a wide range of business needs. Go Radio. There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work-from-anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk. The Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. This week's special guest is Becky Woodhouse, CEO of Pure Spa and Beauty. Becky has been named on the Maserati Top 100 Entrepreneurs List and is a regular speaker and columnist for the beauty and spa industry. Becky, good morning and welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Morning, Becky. Um, I'm I'm so pleased you've made it onto the show this morning. You've got a great story to tell, so we can't wait to hear it. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Tom. Let's start off at the very start. So tell us where you're from, what you've done, how you ended up in business. Yeah. So I'm from Norwich originally, um, and I went to university in Bradford. I studied chemical engineering. Um, didn't want to be an engineer when I graduated, so I went into chartered accountancy. So I worked at PwC, did my CA, but I've always wanted to start my own business. So when I graduated after my CA, um, I actually persuaded PwC um, at the time. I don't know quite how I persuaded them, but I persuaded them that I wanted to go part-time to start my own business, um, which they agreed to um, Wow. surprisingly but anyway they were really supportive of that um I think it's because I presented to them you know you can have half of me or you can have none of me because I'm going anyway so um they they bought that so uh off I went and um I started to look around for what I wanted to do in business and at the time I spent a lot of time traveling as I you know was a chartered accountant and busy, you know, working long hours. And um, I always loved to have treatments, but I could never find anywhere where I could basically get in because you always had to make an appointment. It had to be really long in advance, you know, and I didn't even know where I would be from one day to the next. So it was difficult. And I spent a lot of time in London. And at that time um, in London, there were a lot of businesses starting up where you could get treatments done in your lunch hour. So I thought, oh, this is a great idea. 
Um, we got nothing like this in Scotland or in Edinburgh where I lived. So I thought, well, this would be a great business to start. So I, I researched the business quite a while. Um, then I got pregnant. Um, very exciting. And so at the time um, when I just was sort of starting the business and I was pregnant, um, and so basically what I would say is that I probably had the worst disastrous start to a business that you could possibly, possibly imagine. Um, what everything that could go wrong basically went wrong for me. Right. So to start with, I couldn't get funding. Um I was going around, I went around to probably about 15 banks to try and get funding for the business. No one would touch it. They were like, you're pregnant. <laughs> that was basically what I got. You're pregnant. Oh, well, you know, what, are you going to start a business and have a baby? Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> and um, I eventually got backing actually with HSBC, who have been really supportive, and I'm still with them 20 years Great. later. Um, so I, I got over that hurdle. Then... Um, I found a lovely um, salon premises in Lothian Road in Edinburgh to start um, my first location. Um, and I basically got ripped off by my shop fitters um, uh -huh. to the tune of about a quarter of my budget. Wow. Um, where they, uh, I, in the end, I had to basically, I had to fire them. So I'd paid up front some money to them, about yeah. 25000 Right. Um, they didn't deliver anything. I had to fire them, and all I had for my twenty-five grand was an empty shop <laughs> and a shell, right? And a shell and an, an electrician that I took on separately, right, to do some electrics. And then, um, so I had to um, try and get it done myself. Um, luckily, my dad, um, who sadly passed since, but he came up to help me. So from Norwich, he came up. Wow. My ex-husband's um, father, he came up from Yorkshire to help us. Um, I obviously had my son Morgan by then, so he was a baby, <laughs> um, six-month-old baby in a pram. So I was, <laughs> like, flitting between, you know, a building site with a baby in a pram <laughs> trying to trying to get the, the shop fit completed. Um, and... I did it, but um, we spent all the time basically just trying to get the shop open, right? So I had all my plans for, you know, marketing and, you know, PR and all this to try and get some business all went out the window because all of my time was spent trying to get the shop open, right? So when I opened, I literally had no customers, no customers. I took £40 on the first day. I had six staff. Oh, oh. And I was like, wow, <laughs> why did I do this? <laughs> so then obviously the hard work started because I then had to build the business up from absolute scratch, right? And I don't think, you know, even now, I don't think there's any easy, quick or fast way to build up a business and get customers. You have to pound the streets, you have to go out there, you have to be there, you know, I did everything. I hand-delivered 10,000 leaflets across Edinburgh with my baby in a pram. Wow. I would stack them in the bottom of the pram and, you know, all those tenement buildings, you know. Yeah. I'd park my pram at the bottom and I'd go up and down. I must have been the fittest person <laughs> after doing all that. Um, you know, I did everything. I contacted businesses. I, you know, I got my website up and running, you know, absolutely everything. Um I'm not obviously a therapist, but I basically did absolutely every other job yeah. going. So I was the bookkeeper, the cleaner, the receptionist, the manager, the payroll person, absolutely How everything. long did it take the business to take off? Um, well, the first year, so we opened in the August and um, by the Christmas, um, I started selling gift vouchers because actually, a, you know, a customer came in and said, could I buy a voucher? So I thought, oh, this is a good thing to do so I started selling vouchers and actually I sold quite a lot of vouchers because then there were some companies that said oh we'll buy some for our staff and you know so that that kind of and obviously you get the money up front for the vouchers so that helped my cash flow so yeah. that was good um so and then I just you know it kind of built from there you know we got we started getting more regular client base um and it, it was a slow build but it it didn't take that long, um, you know, maybe six months before we were sort of really 
starting to get, you know, some traction on that. So that was good. And then I got approached by Ocean Terminal in Edinburgh, oh, yeah. which is a shopping centre, to open up. Um, well, it was started off as a nail bar, um, but um, because I'm a chartered accountant, right, and an engineer before that, my brain works in numbers, right? <laughs> so I look at, when I'm looking at an opportunity for the business, I visualise it, but I also visualise it in figures because that's just how my brain works. So I couldn't make that model work in my brain. So, um, but I I had a great passion and interest in spa. Um, and at that time, there was only one other spa that operated in a shopping centre. And I think, I thought, and I still do think that the shopping centre model for spa is an amazing opportunity because um, I... I'm a passionate believer in spa, having spa treatments in health, in wellness and happiness, right? And I think that if you're happy, healthy and well, then, you know, that's a lot of how you can be happy in your life. So, and I think that we, ironically, as time has gone on, although I've had the business for 20 years and I started in, I think it's more relevant now than it ever was, yep. um, especially coming out of COVID. Um and when did you decide it was time for shop three, four, five, six, up to 20? Yeah, well, so um, after I opened, so I ended up opening a, a spa in Ocean Terminal. So what was going to be a sort of small kiosk, which is what they'd originally approached me about, turned into I'll take on a 4,000 square foot unit wow. um, and <laughs> operate a spa, right? So it was a massive jump in the business at that point. Um, I then, after I opened Ocean Terminal, I then got approached. So my first sort of five locations came because someone approached me and said, oh, we see that you're doing this and this is interesting and would you look at, you know, one in our shopping centre? So we opened in Silverburn in Glasgow. We opened in Union Square in Aberdeen. And then at that point, I had about 65 staff um, and I had all these locations, but they all operated in their own little world, right? And you wouldn't have actually known that they were all part of the same company because they were all completely different. And I was run ragged, running around all these places and trying to manage them all. And I thought, there's, there's got to be a, an easier way to do this. <laughs> um, so I spent a few years putting in some sort of common structures, some common processes, and then really sort of took the time to think, well, where do I want the business to go? Do I want to stay, stick with my four or do I want to grow it? And, you know, me being me, I was like, no, I'm, I'm up for growing it because actually my ambitions are global. So, you know, I'm, I'm carrying on. So um, I then opened um, our first, what I would say is strategic opening, as in I... I chose it myself it rather than <laughs> rather than someone coming to me. Um, and that was in West Nile Street in Glasgow. Um, right. And that one is super successful. It's a really lovely, lovely spa right in the city centre. And it, it, I think it epitomises what I have as the vision for our company, which is accessible, amazing experiences and full spa, you know. So, sorry, tell the listeners the name of your shop. So, it's called Pure Spa and Beauty. Okay. So, yeah, and um, it's just lovely to be able to go into from the middle of a city and you end up in this haven of tranquility um, and you have a lovely experience and then you leave floating. Um, that That's kind of our aim, right? So <laughs> that's how we sort of structure things now. You know, our, our, we regard, I regard our product is how people feel when they leave and the, and the standard is they've got to feel amazing. When they walk out the door, they've got to feel amazing and that's what they're paying for at the end of the day. So, Do you get feedback from customers? Yeah, I get a lot of feedback. So a lot of really amazing feedback. And um, I actually get it on my phone every day. So I'm connected to all of our <laughs> 20 <Yeah. laughs> accounts yeah. and um, I literally get every single piece of feedback. So if I'm feeling down of a day, you know, I'm feeling a bit fed up, I just have to look at my email and uh, I will... You know, get and we we just get an amazing amount of feedback. That's the opposite from me. If I want to feel down, I look at my emails. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Becky, can I ask? I I think your story is such an inspiration, and there are so many great nuggets here, right from the beginning, and the resilience of keeping going, doing every job yourself, getting family run about you to help you. 
And just that capacity to keep going when the shop fitter rips you off and you're broke and you've got a new baby. I mean, it's just it's just brilliant. So talk talk me through how you think that resilience comes to you. And just for the listeners today, because, you know, we're living in tough times. How did you get through a tough time? How did you get through it? Who helped you? And what's your tips for others listening today? Yeah, so, um, well, I think, you know, there's nothing like being signed into a 15-year lease <laughs> and not being able to get out of it to, um, to uh, you know, focus your mind on, uh, you know, the situation in hand. And, um, yes. you know, I think that, I think a lot of the resilience comes from, Focusing on the things that you can control and ignoring the things that you can't. Love because that. Yep. you can you can you know you can spend all the time moaning about, you know, the government, the economy, the this, that. But you no, know, you know, we can't do anything about that. So you've got to find a way around that. Um Brilliant, Becky. Brilliant. You've got to find solutions, I think. You know, they might not be the right ones, but sometimes just making a decision and, and going with something rather than sort of avoiding is better um and I think you know I think you just got to take every day as it comes you know every day is a different day and it's a new day and you're not going to have the one yesterday again so um I think I just in terms of kind of getting through things I think you just got to take it a day at a time you know that whole room wasn't built in a day um you know, try your best every single day. And then there's a few things that I do um, to sort of help with that. Um, one is I try and get our team all aligned to the same goals, right? So, and I have this sort of strategy roadmap execution process that I use in my business uh -huh. um, where I take the vision that I have um, for the business. And at the moment, our vision is to grow to 30 locations and have about a million clients in our database. Wow. So at the moment, we've got, we've got 20 locations at the moment, but we've got another three that are going to open this year. So we'll be at 23. And we've got just about 300 and something thousand clients. So we've, we're a little way to go still on the clients. Yep. But it's, but it's very focused, right? And then what we do is we then break that down. So every person within Pure has their own little objectives that are around building that business, right? And we talk about it all the time. And um, everyone sets their own goals around that that focus and then that means yeah. that everyone is kind of working towards the same goal so you've not got people going in a different direction yeah. um and sometimes it means it's people you know if it's not the direction that they want to personally go in their life you know sometimes they'll they'll stay with it and then they, they might go um off and do their own thing that's fine um we've had a lot of people that have gone and come back again which is really exciting um so, but we're always going on along our own. So, so let me ask you, that's intriguing, the model that you're setting down. Um, you said that you're running about crazy, trying to get around 20, that will now be 23. You're hoping it's going to be 30. With that approach that you've just explained, if you do want to go global, it is something that you could actually take as a franchise. Yeah, potentially. And yeah, is that could. your idea or do you want to own them all? Probably own them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, be, so let me just say to you then, so as someone who started a business in the UK and my next venture was in Australia, be ready to be running about more crazy than you've ever run about yes. after 20 stops in the shops in the UK. But And how many people do you employ today? So just about 200 now. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. yeah. yeah. And um, so. Becky, let me ask you, um, you seem a very inspirational leader and trying to get through these difficult times. How has Scotland been supportive of you? And have you got a network where you're speaking to other entrepreneurs and trying to help them and they can maybe help you just by sharing? Because Willie and I are very much about, you know, the peer-to-peer -peer support and learning. Has that happened to you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been part of 
quite a few groups that have really helped me a lot. Um, and I think everyone in Scotland, because it's, you know, kind of smaller community, um, you know, in comparison to sort of, you know, London or something, you know, I think everyone in Scotland is very open to um, being contacted. They're happy to chat to you. You know, if you approach anyone and say, oh, you know, how did you do this? They're more than happy to tell you, give you any help that you want. Um, and I think that is absolutely vital, especially when, you know, we, you're in difficult times. If you're in difficult times and everyone's got to try and pull together and we're all in the same boat at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and what I try and do, you know, our industry is very female-led and yep. there are a lot of, um, you know, small business owners, um, you know, you've got people who have, you know, their salon at home, you know, down their garden or, yep. um, you know, they're working mobile. And, you know, it's quite a lonely existence, right? And they, they, I think there is a lack of support. So I just try and help anyone in our industry. You know, I, I'm happy to chat to them, give them any help they need, um, you know, I'm in a few WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups for our industry. Um, I try and do a bit of lobbying with the government to help um, because sometimes I feel like we get passed by in our industry, um, even though it is actually quite a large industry in the UK. It's 30 billion. It yep, employs wow. 600,000 people across the UK, wow. um, but it largely sort of gets ignored. And also things that annoy me are... You know, when you know when you get fill in one of those forms about your business and it asks you to categorize what business category, right? There's never uh -huh. one for personal care, right? Yeah. It's uh, other, right? Yeah. Which just other, actually yes. really annoys me. Yeah. Because I think, oh, other, right? Yeah. So it's a 30 billion industry in the UK that employs 600,000 people and you want me to put it in other. <laughs> okay. Just start putting it under well being. Yes. Just use a category. <laughs> do, do you think that, I think the question Tom's asking then, Peggy, do you believe that the entrepreneurial infrastructure in Scotland was very helpful? Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I definitely think it is. And um, I think... Well, that's good. Yeah, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. It's absolutely yeah. what you say. It's peer-to-peer, -peer, you yeah. know. It's um, being able to sort of approach... It's it's actually the approachability as well, you know. You can yeah. you can contact people and they're more than happy yeah. to help it's, it's amazing, and, and, and this is great for me for the show, because a few weeks ago, we had a lady on here who had the same dream as you and fulfilled that dream as we're a global business. So definitely we should hook you up with the people from Demologica. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I listened to her <laughs> yeah. podcast, yeah. So she is yeah. someone, I'm sure, who could help you, and this is what we're all about. We're trying to get people to, to get where they want to get to. So Amazing. Tom always asks this question, but I'm going to jump in and ask it. Um what would you say is the the worst moment you've had in business and the best moment? So I think the best moment, I'll start with that, is without a shadow of a doubt, my staff, yeah. um, because I wouldn't have a business without them. Yeah. And I just think they're amazing. Every day, what they do is amazing. Um, the worst, The worst moment I've had in the business, aside from the disastrous start, was when, was when COVID hit. So I was stuck in Thailand in the first lockdown. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And um, when, you know, before they announced the um, all the support, before there was furlough announcement, before, just in that week before where basically everything was shutting down but there was nothing. Yep. Um, was sort of one of those moments where you think, I don't actually... I don't actually know yeah. what is going to happen here. Um, and for someone like me who likes to plan everything, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was really uncomfortable. Um, but obviously we got through it. And actually, ironically, I started COVID with 15 locations and we grew to 20 in, in COVID times, even though we were shut for eight months. Wow. Um, That's a bit so I think, I yeah. think your, your story, Becky, is one of optimism one of resilience, and I think the listeners this morning are going to take so much from this. And this just just find somebody 
that you can share your challenges with and you can share your successes with. And I'm so pleased that you made it on the show this morning. And book Willie and I in for a facial as soon as you can because we need to be floating out in West Nile Street, Willie. What I would do, Becky, is book, book Tom in for two. I'm fine, I'm okay. <laughs> be, be, listen, it's been a delight, pleasure to have you on this morning. What, what, you know, what a story. So before you go, get a plug, tell people where they can get you. What's your website? How can they contact you? How can they come to your shop? Yeah, so our website is um, www.puresparuk.com. Um, we have got 20 locations across the UK, Um so in Glasgow, we've got West Nile Street, we've got Silverburn, we've got Mulgai, we've got Renfrew, we've got Hamilton, so we've got a lot in Glasgow. Um, we've also got Edinburgh, down south, Aberdeen. And um, you can book online. We've got a mobile app, so it's very easy. And I would recommend highly for everyone, even if you don't go to Pure Spa, that you go and have treatment somewhere because it is amazing. And with Christmas coming up, you can get gift vouchers. Of course, you can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Becky Woodhouse, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Coming next on Hunter and Hockey, the board you can't afford. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, providing secure archive storage to your business. Go. There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk. The board you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey. Hi, Anne. Good morning. It's Willow here. Thanks for calling in. Why tell us a wee bit about yourself, your business, and, and what your question is? So, um, I'm Anne McDonald. Um, I started this business back in 2016. Um, prior to that, I'd been in marketing and events and broadcasting. Um, so, this was a, a new challenge to create a destination venue in the Highlands. Um, so we've grown from a kind of derelict historic building into a 26-bed uh, five-star luxury offering, um, targeting kind of international inbound tourism and the luxury travel market. Um, so we're um, sitting on the back of an investment we did in 2021 where we've added 10 new rooms to our property. Um, and we're now looking at kind of international growth Um I'm just back from a sales trip to Washington with Visit Britain, uh, promoting our product and kind of looking towards um, towards the future and, and how we, we shape the business going forward. So my question to you guys would be is if you were starting out just now, having just invested, how would you plan to succeed in this environment? So, so let me start with giving you a wee plug. So you are the old man's of Blair Boutique Hotel and the Andre Restaurant. That's right. Right, good. Let's let, let the listeners know so we can give you a wee plug. And I would say to you again, like you know, we've said this in the last few weeks, Peter's you know, similar calls that in, in these times it's great that people still want to have a go and they can see an idea and they still think it'll work no matter what's happening round about. I think that the thing is it just at the moment is just to to you know go forward cautiously. And I think if you can avoid you know, major debt in doing that, then that's that's a great thing. I think try to attract more customers to the existing business is certainly obviously, you know, going to fairs throughout the world and trying to fly the flag for your business back home is, is a great idea. Uh, and, I, and I think that obviously, you know, the, the tourist industry, staycations have been more prevalent in the last couple of years. And hopefully that, you know, that that will make people think more about staying at home rather than going abroad. You know, in the next few years, even though the, the pandemic is over. So I would just say that, you know, that in this current environment, it would be, you know, go forward cautiously would would, would be my um, advice. Tom? Yeah, so, and first of all, brilliant that you're putting investment in. Now, where is the old man of Blair? Whereabouts are you? So if you um, if you travel up the A9, most people will be familiar with the House of Brewer, the retail destination. Uh -huh. So we're literally a mile along the road from the House of Brewer. So we're sandwiched between um, House of Brewer and Blair Castle. 
So ah, two five-star right. visitor attractions either side of us, um, 15 minutes from the tourist town of Atlochry, which most people in Scotland, I think, would be familiar with. Beautiful. Right. So I think this is um, brilliant that you're investing. And I think you know what you're doing because just back from America. So American tourism, with the way the dollar pound is at the present time, Americans are going to be looking at Britain and hopefully Scotland as being great value for money. So well done in, in getting out there and selling the old man's over there. Um, I think in these difficult times, and, and listen, they are difficult times, but there's always opportunities, always opportunities. You've got to be on top of your cash flow. Cash flow is everything. You know, even in my businesses today, I'm looking at cash flows every single day. I'm keeping on top of it because we 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 don't want to be um, getting into trouble. Willie's right about trying to keep your debt levels down because not sure where interest rates, I think they're probably keeping on going a little bit more. So the cost of that investment keeps going up and, but understanding your customer, delivering what they want, and then, you know, you've invested in bricks and mortar. So I, I really hope and wish for you that that's a great investment. And the next time I'm coming up the A9, I'm going to pop into the old man's. Fantastic. And well, thank, we look forward to that, Tom. I hope that advice is, is will help you. And uh, just to say thanks. Keep in touch with the show. Let us know how you're doing. And, as, and if you're definitely growing and expanding, we'll get a wee plug out there for you. Thanks for calling. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, thank thank you. you. Bye. Ta-ta. Listen to Hunter and Hockey anywhere, anytime, wherever you get your podcasts. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions. Helping your business with document management, print and IT solutions. Go.